My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey everyone, it's Britt here today. I'm super excited. I have an incredible guest I'm bringing on, Chris Miles. He is a husband, father, and founder of Blogger Evolution. He helps bloggers reach 100K fast. You guys, um, I meant to, I wanted to mention also that his podcast is also called Blogger Evolution Podcast. So go check it out. He's done incredible stuff on there. Chris, welcome to the show. How is it going? Going pretty good, Britt. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, this is exciting. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I feel the same way. I mean, it's Friday and um, super exciting to have you on. It's Friday. It's Friday. Exactly. Friday all day. <laughs> so, Chris, you know, you have an incredible journey, and I'd love to share it with my listeners if you don't mind. I mean, you went from desperate dad to six figure blogger. Now, do you mind telling us about that journey and what led you to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So, um, man, when I first got started, it was just me and my wife. And, you know, we had jobs. They weren't the greatest jobs in the world, but they were jobs. They helped pay the bills, you know. And so we were just going through life. We kind of had one of those situations where I think there's a thing that says, um, you know, a lot of people who are you know $1,000, if they ever had to come up with $1,000 really quick, they couldn't do it without going into debt. Like a large majority of people can't do that. And we were like right on that cusp. You know, if anything catastrophic were to happen, we would have been in real big trouble. So <clears throat> what we ended up doing was just kind of making it, making the minimum payments on debt that we had and yada, yada, and moving on through life. But then everything changed, right? We uh, found out that we were uh, pregnant with our first son. And my wife expressed to me that she wanted to stay home with him to uh, take care of him full time. The whole, I like the saying, giving him mommy care rather than daycare, right? So we went through the whole process and I remember telling her that, yeah, um, we can't afford that, you know, <laughs> like not at all. But uh, she kind of sat me down, looked me dead in the eye and said, hey, Chris, you need to figure this out. I was like, ah, so I went online and did what most people do. I Googled how to make money online. Cesspool of stuff, obviously, when you do that. And um, I tried a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of it didn't work. Did eventually stumble across blogging and affiliate marketing. Um, to kind of put my two cents into there, things started working out within about 18 months. Um, I was able to have my wife quit her job six months later, I quit mine. And that was back in like 2018, 2019. And, and we're still here today trying to stave off employment as much as possible. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful story. Thank you for sharing, you know, and I'm sure so many people can relate to that. I mean, especially this was way back, what, like seven years ago now, at least. Right. And about, back yeah. then, the options probably were quite a bit slimmer options when picking something online. So, I mean, the way you worked it out seems to work out pretty darn good for you. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But it was a big culmination of other things that just didn't fall the way that I wanted them in the past. So I'm always liking it to like, maybe when you're dating somebody, you know, you might date this person, you might date that person and realize what you don't want in a person until you realize, mm -hmm. hey, this is the perfect person. And that's kind of how I felt when I met my wife. And that's kind of how I felt when it came to uh, online business and entrepreneurship. All of the failures that happened in the past just helped me kind of fail forward to learn exactly how to do it the right way and mitigate my losses as much as possible. 
Incredible. Well, thank you for sharing, Chris. Now, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you help bloggers today reach that 100K. Yeah, so it's all about um, getting, you know, there's just the three main components to when you're trying to build up um, any online business, to be honest, or any business, to be honest. But when it comes to blogging specifically, you need to find a product that you can promote that you're going to make some money on, whether it's your own product, whether you, um, you know, partner with a company and become an affiliate of them or something. Then you got to build a place for them to congregate, you know, and that would be usually a website or somewhere like that. And then after you've done that, then you need to find a way to get traffic to that place. And that's probably the part that a lot of people, you know, if you're on YouTube or other podcasts, they say, oh, just built this and just built that and the people will just show up. You know, it's not necessarily that easy. You do have to come up with some ways to get traffic to your website. So that's what I help people do is come up with their offer that they would like to promote, uh, build a website that's going to house the people and then build an email list. And then from there, you can turn around and get the traffic so that uh, you can now promote that product to people who are 100% interested in it. Incredible. Now, you mentioned traffic a few times there. And what would you say is the biggest strategy, the, the, the best strategy that you have used in order to, um, you know, attract the right quad quality traffic in order to yeah. grow? Yeah, Britt, like hands down, it's got to be SEO or search engine optimization, mm -hmm. specifically for Google. Uh, there's so many ways to get traffic to your websites. You can yeah. jump on Instagram, you can jump on Pinterest or TikTok or YouTube or any of these places. They all work amazingly well, but you do have to devote a lot of time to them because they're treadmills, you know, for lack of a better term, because the second that you stop posting, you're just going to see your organic reach just start waning and waning and waning. So I, I remember looking, doing a quick study, <clears throat> excuse me, and I realized that a lot of these uh, platforms that you put content out on, they have shelf lives, right? They'll, they'll last for a certain amount of time, but then eventually you're not going to get any traffic to it. Um, the ones that do the most, right, would be blogging and YouTube. Uh, blogs, you can create a blog and it can literally rank for years if you find the right keyword and people aren't. Uh, other people aren't creating content on it, and you can just dominate it for literally for years. YouTube, I find it to be around four to six months. You can put content out there, and it still continues. You'll have some that'll do a lot better and some that'll do a lot worse, but it, it, that's about the average. But stuff like Facebook, if you post a Facebook page, I'm sorry, a Facebook post or something like that, it might last you know, maybe a week or a couple of days. Um, if you did Instagram, it's even shorter. Twitter's like 15 minutes, you know, where things are going to be lasting. So I like right. to kind of put my time and effort into things that are going to be sustainable and last a long time, which then frees up my time from having to sit there constantly feeding the beast. So Google mm -hmm. SEO, no doubt, is the, the best traffic source and most consistent traffic source I've been using for years now. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing. Now, you mentioned, you know, kind of keeping things evergreen, I guess, is another word, right? Yeah. Now, does your podcast kind of tie into that? I mean, YouTube podcast, blogging, tell me about that and how that might, you know, you're putting your energy and time to things that are, you know, going to last evergreen, right? So yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have like a content strategy of sorts um, where some content that I create is going after like more, uh, uh, Pop topics or something that's going on in the world, something that's going on in the news or in the industry. 
And those are going to be short-lived, but you're going to get quick, short pops of traffic with that. And sometimes if you hit the right note, you can have something go viral, right? Uh, because you're on a trending topic. But um, like you mentioned, uh, a lot of our strategy as well goes with going after evergreen content. I like to create content that's going to be relevant now, next week, next month, next year, and the next five years, uh, because I don't want to have to touch it again if I don't have to, right? Um, and as long as it's con continuing to create new eyeballs, new leads to the business, almost no matter how old it is, especially with a blog, I still have blogs now that I haven't touched in literally years, still ranking on the first page of Google. And that's, about, I mean, there's very few things that you can do that you do once. And then you literally four and five years later, you're still getting paid for it. And the more that you can kind of snowball that effect with things, then, you know, your income just continues to grow and grow. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. And it's so true. It is like a snowball effect, truly. Yeah. Yeah. Always, it's like the, the little small snowball at the very beginning. It doesn't seem like much, um, you know, but it's you liken it to when someone has a um, they have a new business and maybe they made their first dollar, you know, and then they post right. it in a, in a frame and they put it on the wall and they're proud of that dollar. Right. Of course. For some reason we don't do that online. You know, we're like, oh, you only made yeah. 17 cents online. Oh, congratulations. But right. you know, that's 17 cents that I didn't have to do much. And it just appeared. Right. Because I put right. different things in place. And now the 17 cents might turn into $17, 1700, 17,000. You know, it just keeps growing from there, but you got, everyone got to start somewhere, right? Right. Absolutely. Got to start somewhere. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people have that, you know, fear of the unknown of, okay, well, what if this is not, you know, bringing in stability or that consistent income that my corporate job did, you know, what am I going to do? But they want to, you know, move into that entrepreneurial journey. Um, now, how do you feel about the fear of unknown and like taking that leap of faith um, and going all in and starting somewhere? This is kind of relatable to my audience as well, because I, you know, there are so many people who, you know, are afraid of the ro roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, I won't lie. It is stressful at times, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and I guess when it comes to the security that you do have with your traditional nine to five job, you know, no matter how you know, well you work, you know, or how bad you work usually, as long as you're doing just enough not to get fired, you're going to still get paid the same wage. But that's also the good part, but it's also the bad part about it as well. Because the problem that I had when I was working the nine to five is that I like to come up with processes that would get other people, not not other people, but getting, get tasks and stuff that were done more quickly. So I would then be penalized by getting my work done faster versus someone else who was doing very similar work they were just doing it a lot slower and we're still getting the same paycheck. And what I would end up getting for being more efficient isn't any more praise or raise. It would be more work because my boss thought I wasn't doing anything. So right. that doesn't make any sense. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I fell into the whole, you know, four hour work week, you know, booking everything and just like, you know, what? I need to find a better way to get processes that work for me, even if I can't work on them actively. And by doing that, I was able to simultaneously work on my side business while working a nine to five job. And then after I cleared out a whole bunch of debt and tried to start investing, built up a nice little nest egg. I remember the first day I finally had a positive net worth. It was pretty fun. <laughs> but regardless, after I had gotten all of that process out of the way, had a nest egg of money, I decided, you know what, let's just go ahead and take a shot and see what happens. Because worst case scenario, I get another job. And that's kind of the way that I, I looked at it. And 
Um, ever, I mean, at first, me and my wife were like, let's just do this for a year and just see what happens. And then two years passed by, three years passed by. Now we're at about five years or so that we've been doing this full time. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping not to get a job anytime soon. So there is a fear of unknown. But usually when we get into our own minds, uh, we are, are going to always think the worst. But rarely does the worst actually happen. Usually it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, but the I like to say, uh, what's the phrase? I like to fear regret more than I fear failure. Right. So if I fear like regret and when I get, you know, in the future and I'm like, man, I wish I had done this. I don't have to say that now because I gave it a shot and it worked out for some people. It may not work out. And if so, you just you do something else to adjust at that point. But um, that's kind of the way that I look at it. Fear, regret more than you fear failure. And you're going to end up seeing that the ups and the highs are a lot higher than the lows you might be imagining. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Now let's talk a little bit about growing with a smaller niche audience. How do you go about doing that? And what were the benefits by doing that? Yeah. So growing with a niche audience, um, you know, you think about the Kevin Kelly, uh, thousand true fans rule or, or ideology that he has where essentially, uh, if you found a way for a thousand people and you somehow get a hundred bucks from each one of those people, that's a six figure income right there. Right. So in the grand scheme of things, and you realize the billions literally of people who are on the internet, you just need a thousand of them and you can make six figures. Right. So um, that's what I started, you know, realizing was, OK, I see people online who are doing it. I know I'm smarter than them because they look crazy. Right. So there's certain ones that I was just like, OK, if I could just do something similar and actually want to help people and actually want to do something and give people, you know, a leg up on life, uh, then, yeah, go for it and then see what happens. And then you don't really need a million followers. There's a lot of YouTube channels and there's really a lot of um, TikTokers and yada, yada, yada. People who have millions of followers and they're broke as a joke because they don't know how to monetize it correctly, right? If they can monetize it correctly. So uh, just being able to have a very small group of people. And usually if you can charge more of a premium rather than being middle of the road, charge a premium, you're going to get fewer people, but you're going to get more engaged people. And those engaged people are going to actually give you the testimonials that you need, right? In order that you can get more people of that nature. And you become more specialized. And when you become more specialized and you're not a commodity, then you don't need a lot of people in order to make a decent income online. You took the words out of my my, my mouth, Chris. <laughs> I mean, and also with podcasting, like, you know, so many people are like, oh, I need more downloads. I need more downloads. I need more downloads. And downloads are great. However, that does not necessarily mean you're going to be making more money with downloads. I mean, you really, you know, who are you attracting to your show? You know, are yeah. they, for instance, are they? or even to your business, like you could have a lot of leads coming in, but are they the right fit leads? Are they, you know, are they able to afford, say, if you have a high ticket offer, are they, you know, action takes takers, are they fit aligned leads for your business? Or are you just attracting, you know, lower quality leads? Correct. And yeah. um, I don't think, you know, if you can attract the right ones, then you don't need a lot. If you have no. to say, for instance, the high ticket offer. Yeah, it's all about the audience. Um, I'd rather have a smaller niche audience of people mm -hmm. who are interested in one thing because it's easier to market to them. And I always yeah. think about like, um, I'm not sure how, you know, the average age of your audience, but like, you know, back in the day, we used to watch TV, you know, and yeah, <laughs> we had, we, where we couldn't fast forward to commercials. And uh, usually uh, during that time period, if you're watching like 
like one of my favorite shows is like Chopped or something, right? You're watching Chopped on the Food Network. What kind of commercials are you going to see? You're going to see like food commercials or knife mm-hmm. commercials, cookbooks and things like that because they know that they can market on the Food Network. Those people are going to be interested in eating. They're going to be interested in food. Otherwise, they wouldn't be go. watching it. Versus if you're watching like e-entertainment news or something that's got to be very very broad and you have the most random commercials that you see on there because it's harder to target that audience so with a smaller niche audience and knowing exactly what they want even if you don't have a lot of people i just recently got uh, a sponsorship for the podcast and one of the things they were mentioning was like oh well you don't have a thousand downloads per episode i'm like yeah i don't but i also have x number of people who are really interested in this one thing how much would you normally have to pay to do that on Facebook or on Google, right? You can do that in my audience at a much cheaper rate and you get more direct people who are who would be interested in your product. And by doing that, I'm able to explain that to the companies and knowing how to talk to companies really is helpful as well because you can get sponsorship deals on a podcast before you even release your first episode if you can sell it right, you know? So you just have to know who your audience is, who they're going to be. I have a, uh, I have an avatar. My avatar has a name. So anytime I'm referring to my avatar, I just say, well, I wonder what he would think of this, you know? And then based on that, I can structure my content. I can structure uh, being able to reach out to brands and trying to get them, you know, to sponsor episodes and things of that nature. So you do need to know who you're going to be creating content for, um, the types of things that they would be interested in, because that's the kind of people you're going to end up drawing. And once you know the person that you're drawing, you should be able to promote and sell to them. 100%. Love this. Well, thank you so much for sharing this, Chris. And, you know, I wish that our, I really wish our episodes were a little bit longer, but, you know, they're so value packed and I, we covered a lot of great things. And I just want to make sure we have enough time to talk about your business. If there's anything else you want to include to my audience, anything coming up, workshops, whatever it might be. Now is the time to go ahead and let my audience know. And also the best way to connect with you, if there's anyone interested in reaching out. Yeah, for sure. So um, the Blogger Evolution podcast, for sure, you can listen there, but you can also go to bloggerevolution.com slash crash course. And there I have a, pretty much a free course that kind of shows you how to build up a blog, how to choose a niche for it if you need it. And then once you've chosen that niche, how to come up with keywords that you can attack and target so that you can get people to your business and be able to promote to them, get them on an email list and promote pretty much anything to them. It's a 100% free course. Go ahead and check it out. BloggerEvolution.com slash crash course. Chris, thank you so much. This has been absolutely incredible. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to add such value to myself and my audience that really, really aligns with what we're looking to listen to. So Thank you, Chris, for everything. And I cannot wait to see where everything goes for you next. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you so much, Brady. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Chris Miles did today to talk about, uh, teach us something about you know your business and what you do, talk about the podcast and challenges and wins, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next one. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. 
One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.